Bears fans, it's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation, Bill Zimmerman with you, and wanted to jump on for a little Bears Banter podcast, a little bit of a strange week for me this week, the way the schedule's kind of worked out, ended up uh, guesting with Robert Schmidt, so talked a lot about the Dallas Cowboys on his podcast Sunday night. Robert and I came back on Monday for an emergency podcast, the Barely a Podcast, supposed to be just like a 15-minute, you know, podcast about the Roquan Smith trade. We went for like an hour talking about that deal. So kind of sat there and go, do I do a podcast where I reiterate basically everything I have said about the Dallas game and about the Roquan Smith trade? And get into a full podcast where if you guys are regular listeners to the full WCG channel, you're going to sit there and go, yeah, I heard that, Bill. I heard that, Bill. I heard that, Bill. So kind of sat there and said, you know what? Let's just do a monologue here. Let's just kind of talk things through. No guests this week. Let's save it for next week. Adam John scheduled to join us next week. That's going to be a really good spot. Plenty to do with him. But let's sit here. And let's talk about what's transpired here in the last 48 hours, because it is fascinating from a Chicago Bears perspective. And of course, that is headlined by the fact that Ryan Poles went out and got some help for Justin Fields. And I am thrilled. Chase Claypool for a second round pick. Now, we're going to talk about this because this trade has a lot of facets to it. And of course, the one that everyone's talking about right now is the price. And don't get me wrong, the price is steep for Chase Claypool. A second round pick, and let's be honest, unless you're a believer here that you know the Bears are about to go on some kind of run, you're talking about something that's going to be probably in the first 10 to 12 picks of the second round. That is a high price to pay for Chase Claypool, who had a very good rookie year and has kind of been steadily getting worse in his career, but there's a lot of potential reasons for that, and that's why I'm okay with the risk. And I'm okay with the risk regarding the price for two things. One, we found out that the Green Bay Packers were going heavily after him and had offered a second round pick. So Ryan Poles goes to Pittsburgh and says, We will match Green Bay's offer, send him this way. And the Steelers said, You know what? The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. They're probably going to figure things out a little bit. That pick will not be as good as Chicago's. So we will send Chase Claypool to Chicago. Now, I was hoping when I first saw, right, Chase Claypool traded to the Bears. I'm like, third round pick, third round pick, third round pick. Then I saw that two and went, ooh, all right, that's probably the Ravens pick. That's okay. And then we come out and find out that this is, in fact, the Bears' own second round pick. So I sit there going, wow, that is a that is a big price to pay. But look, here's the situation. And after I really kind of thought about it for a few hours, because I was I was going back and forth on what I kind of felt about this, I'm okay with this price being paid. Now we'll get into some of the things that could have been done earlier that potentially could have avoided this price, but the Bears are in a market, and that market does not have a lot of available wide receivers. So the Bears, did they overpay for Chase Claypool? You're damn right they overpaid for Chase Claypool. But the market dictates that an overpay has to happen. It has to happen. That is the price right now for wide receivers. 
the free agent class is bad. There are not high-end wide receivers that are going to be out there. Now, you could roll the dice. You could roll the dice and say, wide receivers are divas. Someone's going to get annoyed between now and March 1st. And there is going to be a trade out there for the Bears to get a high-end wide receiver. But at the same time, that high-end wide receiver, like when an A.J. Brown becomes available, if you're the Bears and you're sitting with the fourth, fifth, eighth, ninth pick of the draft, whatever it ends up being, do you want to trade a top 10 pick for an established wide receiver? I mean, you could consider that, but with the amount of holes the Bears have, are you going to trade a top 10 pick and then go out and have to pay said wide receiver $25 million a year? Or do you go out and get a second round pick for a Chase Claypool, pay him probably in the 18 to $20 million range? We'll kind of see how this shakes out and have a weapon for Justin Fields, not just for next year, but for now to start building that chemistry and, and improve the offense and give Fields what he needs, which is more people with hands that can actually catch a football. So look, it's kind of, I was kind of talking to this with someone. It's, it's like the housing market. You know, the housing market was crazy here as COVID was winding down and, and the, the houses, the prices just exploded. So you're sitting here in a house that for years has been worth $500,000 and all of a sudden you're using Zillow or whatever might and you're seeing your neighbors putting their houses up and their houses are similar to yours and they're suddenly getting $700,000 for their house. Well, does that mean that the house is worth $700,000 or is that what the market's dictating? Yeah, exactly. That's what the market is dictating. Your house very well could be worth $500,000, $550,000 a year or two from now. So if you want to go out and sell and take advantage of that, like the Pittsburgh Steelers did, then you're going to go and do that. And if you're in a position like the Chicago Bears, where let's just say you got a new job and you're moving into this neighborhood and you've got to buy a house for your family, well, then you're stuck paying the $750,000 because that's what the market is. And that's what we're looking at with this wide receiver market right now. The second round pick is what the price was of doing business. And Ryan Pohl sat there and said, we need to make sure we have weapons for Justin Fields next year. And that really got me excited when Ryan Pohl spoke to the media, which, by the way, refreshing change that he keeps going out there and talking to the media and explaining what's going on with the franchise, something we did not get with Ryan Pace as he just sat there in the ivory tower and never spoke to anyone. But when I'm sitting here and I am seeing Ryan Pohl's say, Basically, the way Justin was trending, we wanted to get him more weapons. So if Fields had had kind of more duds, if Fields had more Washington games and, and, and things like that, I don't know if Ryan Poles makes this move. I think Ryan Poles is sitting there watching the Dallas and the New England game going, I got a quarterback. I have a quarterback. And the only person he has to throw to is Darnell Mooney. So let's fix it. And I think that's what he did. He went out. And he got a wide receiver to make sure that Justin Fields not only has legitimate weapons for the rest of this year, but something to build on for next year. Because you know they got tons of money. they got the draft capital. They, they're going to add, you know, Chase Claypool is not going to be the any, only receiver that gets added to this receiving core. There's going to be another, I don't know if it'll be a first round pick. I don't know if it'll be a, you know, a Jacoby Myers but I, I would doubt it because now they got to pay Mooney and Claypool, assuming that happens. But you would think first, second, third round, there will be 
another wide receiver into this mix. Obviously, they got Bellis Jones, who can fly like the wind. Robert and I talked about it on Sunday, but can he catch a football? Can he move other than straight line speed? We're going to see, but we know he can fly. We'll see if, if he's your gadget guy because you've got three legit wide receivers in front of him. Hey, maybe you got something. Maybe you keep Nikhil Harry around, but they're going to add a little bit more to this wide receiver group and try and bolster it for Justin Fields. So I was thrilled that Ryan Poles said, all right, I know what the market is. It's not a buyer's market. It is a seller's market, but I need to enter it because it could be even worse later when more teams need receivers. And if these receivers don't become available, well, then you're going to have a problem. If, if, if there isn't an offseason like last year where the Tyreek Hills and the Devontae Adams are available, you know, which is shocking, right? We were shocked last year that this many top-end wide receivers were changing teams. If that doesn't happen again, and that can't happen every offseason, if that doesn't happen again, then Ryan Poles is sitting there with nothing to pay in free agency and then almost pigeon-held what he can do in the draft because he's so desperate for wide receivers. So I have no problem with this. Now, you can sit there and talk about the lack of commitment to the offense, the lack of weapons he added, the lack of investment into the offense in the offseason, which you know I yelled and screamed about. I was very frustrated with the decisions Ryan Poles made because, and again, I will stress this for you guys rolling your eyes, and I saw you there rolling your eyes at me. The difference to me is I did not want him to punt money into the future and do a Ryan Pace and try and squeeze, you know, blood from a stone. That's not what I wanted. But limited resources he spent on defense. He went for Joby, and I know that didn't end up happening, but again, he went for Joby. That was the signing he went for. Instead of going for Joby, could you have gone for a better wide receiver or an offensive lineman? Something like that to really kind of bolster some things around fields. Could you have spent... I would have spent both second-round picks on offense. Could you have spent one of those second-round picks on offense? We don't need to talk about the receivers that are available, some of the rookies that have flashed a little bit that were available to the Chicago Bears. But that was my problem. The other one, and we brought this up, I think, on one podcast a long time ago, was Amari Cooper, and that Amari Cooper was, was available, and he was traded dirt cheap, a fifth round pick. Now that is another guy that if you had brought in, that is a weapon for fields. There were options. There were things the Chicago Bears could have done that would not have wrecked the future, would not have wrecked Ryan Poles' plan, and he could have gotten good players at more affordable prices. But that didn't happen, right? He made the decisions he made. I complained about him. I disagreed with him. And I said in August, we move on, and I have. I have moved on. I have bring this up now as a reference point to what, where, where we have gotten here with Chase Claypool. But again, just because I disagree with, with Ryan Poles obviously doesn't mean I'm right. But I wanted the investments around Justin Fields, and now we're seeing the first step, the first investment in Justin Fields, and it is Chase Claypool. And I really like what Chase Claypool brings to the table. The athletic build, the physical traits, he does make some acrobatic catches. He's got some sticky hands. He does have drop. There are some lapses in concentration, but he is a talented player. 
who they could have drafted instead of Cole Komet. <clears throat> but I digress. But he is a talented player that can fit what Justin Fields does really well. He seems like he doesn't mind getting dirty and blocking in the running game either. And when you're doing this wide zone run game that Khalil Herbert is thriving and you need guys like Nikhil Harry and guys like Chase Claypool that don't mind putting a body on defenders out there. And that's another thing he's going to bring to the table, but he's going to bring two legitimate weapons. Now it's going to be Claypool and Mooney, and that's going to give Fields some options, some deep threats and some interesting things that Fields could potentially do with them in the passing game. Now let's talk about the other elephant in the room. And that is Chase Claypool's, production. His production has gone down each year, and it is way down this year. He is the third receiver on the depth chart. Johnson and Pickens are ahead of him. He's, you know, by snap count, that's what's happening there. So you sit there and say, is there a problem? And I think there is a problem. And I think that problem is potentially Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. Things have not gone well with the Pittsburgh offense since he has been there. He is still there. He should not be there. The other thing let's talk about, let's talk about quarterback play. Ben Roethlisberger was cooked, and he got worse from one year to the next, and you saw Chase Claypool struggle. Now, Roethlisberger at least had some of that instinct left in his corpse of a body that he was able to get the ball and put it in places where Claypool could make a play on it. We saw that more his rookie year. Not as much in year two, and again, as Ben was more and more cooked, as we all know, towards the end of that, that career of his. And now we come into this year, and you've got a rookie in uh, Kenny Pickett, and you've got Mitch Trubisky, and I am not going to turn this into a Mitch Trubisky bash fest, but let's be honest here, right now, and maybe Kenny Pickett turns into something, I'm not the biggest Pickett supporter, but maybe he turns into something, but right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers have three backup quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky, his skill level, he is a backup quarterback. Kenny Pickett, unless he gets better, he is a backup quarterback. Mason Rudolph has been in the league several years and is a backup quarterback. So Chase Claypool is not catching balls from Aaron Rodgers in his prime, Tom Brady in his prime. He is catching balls from really mediocre quarterbacks. Justin Fields has a lot more talent in that right arm than what, these, what he has been dealing with the last two or three years. So Justin Fields might be able to pull a little bit more out of him. Luke Getze, with some of the scheme and design he's been doing, especially the last few weeks, Luke Getze is definitely a better offensive coordinator than Matt Canada. So you've got Chase Claypool, who can be a knucklehead sometimes. He can make some poor decisions. But you also have to wonder, was Chase Claypool frustrated in his situation? Could Chase Claypool come here and embrace this environment that Flus has created that I, I think is it's good for the team. There is not a lot of knucklehead, you know, you don't see a lot of this kind of stuff going on with this team right now. You know, they've kind of bought in to what, what this team is all about. Can Claypool buy in and not be quite as much of a diva and really be kind of a team player and know that him and Mooney are going to be 1A and 1B? Pick who you want as 1A and who you want as 1B. It doesn't matter. They're probably going to have, you know, similar targets and target share. And you're going to have someone who can go out there and impact and know that he is a feature piece of the offense. That it's not going to be built around the quarterback like it was with Ben Roethlisberger. That it's not going to be 
built along the running game like they tried to do with Najee Harris, that it's not going to be Deontay Johnson's ball or whoever it's going to be, and Chase Claypool is going to be fighting for targets. Right now, with the second round pick, with what he paid for Chase Claypool, you know they're going to pay him. They are going to extend him. You don't give up a second round pick for a rental when you're a rebuilding franchise. Chase Claypool is going to have an opportunity to really step into a role and thrive. And Ryan Poles and Flus and Getze and Justin Fields are going to give him that opportunity. So if he really wants to go out there and prove it, that he is you know, at that level. I think on I Am Athlete, he said he was a top three or top five wide receiver in the NFL over the summer. He certainly is not. But if he thinks that way, good for him. And now you have an opportunity to prove it. So I am really pleased with this Chase Claypool move. Again, they could have made moves earlier that would have been a less price, but they didn't. They stood pat. Now they're in a market and they paid market price. I don't have a problem with it. I hate that that was the price they had to pay, but again, that was indeed the price they had to pay. Now, because of the Roquan Smith trade, they still have a second round pick. So bottom line, you're okay there, right? You've got a one, you got a two, you got a three. Who knows? We, we know Ryan Poles showed on day three last year. He's willing to trade down. Does he bounce back from that Ravens you know, pick and try and pick up another, another day two pick? I could absolutely see him do that because he knows how many holes he has on this roster. They are not one guy away, right? They are not two guys away. We'll get the one guy in the first round and one guy in the second round and let's roll. No, they need three or four, maybe even five starters out of this upcoming draft, not to mention the four, five, six, seven starters that they are going to sign with their gobs and gobs of money in this offseason. We are going to see 10, 11, 12 new starters on this roster next year, especially if you include Chase Claypool as one of them, and we're going to see what they can do. And they're going to invest on the offense. I'm pretty confident. Now, again, that doesn't mean if they're sitting with the sixth pick of the draft and Jalen Carter is sitting there, that Flus isn't going to go out and get his three-tech for his defense. But they are going to invest in this offense, both in free agency, and I'm confident in day one and day two this upcoming draft, they are going to invest around Justin Fields because that Jace Claypool move showed that Ryan Pulse thinks he has a quarterback and is ready to invest him. Is that why he didn't invest in him? Because he wasn't sure yet, and now he's feeling pretty good about it? That may have been, but again... As I said before, he had set him up to fail. We kind of saw Justin fail because of it. But once Getsy kind of tweaked things, we really kind of saw Fields come into his own with the new scheme and the running and the threat that he has with his legs and just putting him in places to succeed. So, you know, the other thing I thought was interesting was this uh, quote that's been making it around Twitter, the little video of um, Matt Eberflus talking about Roquan Smith. I'm not sure who the reporter was, but they asked him, you know, go back to 2018. You're part of this Colts team. Quentin Nelson, now he had the picks wrong. Quentin Nelson was picked sixth. Roquan Smith was picked eighth. Reporter basically said, did you want Roquan Smith? Were you advocating for Roquan Smith there to pick him? And Matt Eberflus, he threw it on Chris Ballard, but he sat there and said, yeah, I Chris Ballard would not have picked an off-ball linebacker with the sixth overall pick. Like, he he kind of just crapped all over Ryan Pace there. I'm not going to lie. And, and, and the one thing that I've talked about is positional value. I've talked about it on this podcast frequently, how important positional value is when you build your roster from top to bottom. 
Ryan Pace didn't I always jive with me with how he built the roster. Again, running back, off-ball linebacker, they're kind of the same. They're replaceable. You can get pretty good ones that have a good skill set and can help you. But you don't have to have an elite one to have a good, solid, you know, defensive side of the ball or offensive side of the ball with a running back. You can get away with a committee. You can get away with a couple solid linebackers. You don't have to invest in, you know, because Ray Lewis doesn't matter. You know, Ray Lewis is going to be an impact player because he's that level of good. But Ray Lewis doesn't matter as much in 2022 as he did in 2000 because of the way that the offenses have changed and the way the defenses are covering those offenses. So when I look at this and see that Ryan Pace has no problem taking a top 10 pick with a linebacker like Roquan, so not an edge, a regular linebacker, an off-ball linebacker, and Matt Eberflus basically craps on the idea. A defensive guy says, we're not going to take an off-ball linebacker with a top 10 pick. That, to me, I really like to hear. That's positional value. That's Eberflus, and you know him and Poles are talking. That's two guys who sit there and say, no, the important positions, right? The position you need shut down corners. You need edges who can get after the quarterback. You need the tackle who's going to protect your quarterback for 10 years. You obviously need the quarterback. Like, And now we're seeing this year, you need more elite end wide receivers. You're not scheming open mediocre wide receivers with the more cover two and some of the things the defenses have tweaked to try and stop the offenses. So we're seeing some different things, and we're seeing now offenses try to adjust. And to adjust, you need more talent at the wide receiver core. Chase Claypool, again. So these last couple days have been fascinating for Chicago Bears fans, where you almost sit there and go, are they tanking? Are they trying to go for it? Or are they just trying to build the right roster moving forward? And that's what I think it is. They're not tanking. They're not trying to make the playoffs. They had an opportunity to trade Roquan Smith. They traded him. Roquan Smith asked for a trade in August, did he not? So here's your wish, Roquan. You didn't think you'd be traded at the trade deadline, but here you go. Clearly, Roquan Smith wanted $20 million a year. Clearly, Ryan Poles didn't want to pay $20 million a year. Off you go. You're not going to be part of this team moving forward. So off he goes. And that's we're going to keep seeing this evaluation on these players moving forward. Who is, who of Ryan Pace's players are going to be a part of this team moving forward? Who will they, who becomes from a Ryan Pace player to a Ryan Poles player? And Justin Fields looks like after the Dallas Cowboys game, he moved into that Ryan Poles column. Who else is going to join him? That's what we're going to find out the back half of this season when Ryan Poles makes his roster decisions coming up in free agency in 2023. And then, of course, the draft. Now, coming up this Sunday, going to be interesting. Miami Dolphins come to town. A lot of speed with Waddle and Hill. How is the secondary going to be able to handle that? That's going to be interesting. Bradley Chubb coming into town i'm sure he is going to play a significant role in the game they are going to get him after justin fields immediately at the time of this podcast larry borum still hasn't practiced so it looks like riley reef going to be out there again how is he going to handle you know these guys coming off the edge christian wilkins we know how's the interior going to handle him he is a beast that the dolphins have some talent 
Let's see what the Bears can do. I think the Dolphins are a five-point favorite, even though it's in Chicago. So think about that. If you kind of think about that two-and-a-half, it's not really three anymore. I'd say it's about a two-and-a-half swing to neutral and the other team. That'd mean the Dolphins would be about a 10-point favorite, 11-point favorite, if it was in Miami. So they're looking at this as a pretty lopsided game, but you've got this new momentum with Justin Fields. Chase Claypool, he's going to get out there. You know Chase Claypool is going to get out there for at least 10 or 15 snaps. But is he going to be able to play a significant role not knowing this offense yet? That's going to be interesting to find out. So we're going to see how this team does. I think, and I have not said this in a really, really long time, but could this be a high-scoring affair? Could there be another one? I, I think this offense is rolling enough, even with some of this talent the Dolphins have on the defensive side of the football. I think the Chicago Bears are going to score some points. I think this game is going to be fun. You know, this isn't going to be what I I predict against the Patriots. I was wrong. What I say, I think 17 to 6 or 20 to 9 or something terrible. Like, I think this game is going to be fun. I think it's going to be back and forth. Now, look, I think the Dolphins have too much for the Bears to overcome, even if the game is in Chicago. And again, I hope I'm wrong. But I think it's going to be a little too much for the Bears, especially... Look, I know the Bears' secondary has looked pretty good, uh, you know, at parts of the season, but I, I really, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do with, with Waddle and with Hill. That, that's a, a tall order for any team, definitely a tall order for Chicago. They better get to Tua up front, and we know how limited the pass rush is for the Bears. You get to Tua, okay. You give Tua time, and not necessarily you give Tua time, but you're giving Waddle and Hill time to get open, and then two is going to loft that ball over to them, and they are going to wreck some players. So let's call this one something like Miami 38, Chicago 31. Wow, 38, 30. Did I just say 38, 31? Did I just suggest that the Chicago Bears were going to be in a game that involved 69 points? And it wasn't, you know, Green Bay 55, Bears 14. Yeah, I did. 38-31 Miami. But we're going to feel good next week even with the loss because we know this isn't a playoff team. But we know what potentially could be getting built with Justin Fields. And now Ryan Poles believing in Justin Fields. And if Justin Fields goes out there and he throws a couple touchdown passes and runs in another one, and has got 60 yards receiving, or 60 yards rushing, and 220 yards passing, are we really going to care that they lost 38-31? Hell no, we're not going to care. We're going to be getting more excited and more jacked for this 2023 Chicago Bears team. So that's going to do it for Bears banter. A little different. Just wanted to talk Chase Claypool and the excitement that Ryan Poles is getting it and knowing what he needs to do for Justin Fields. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing as a Chicago Bears fan. We'll see if I'm right about this game. We will talk to you next week. Bear down, everybody. Adios.